Believe it or not, it's a town called Flin Flon, exactly in the middle of Canada. Flin Flon is built on solid rock, and one of the first things we noticed were the boxed-in sewer pipes. Above ground, we'd never seen anything like it before. How's it going, everybody? Raphael Saray, Bay Bay with you here for the Sewer Box Office Podcast as we are back at her with another chat about one of the luminaries of the local performing arts scene. We've got a good one for you. No relation to Susan, but we do call him Uncle Dave. A different kind of gun. See, Susan Gunn, her first and a silent. Dave Gunn, the second and a silent. That's how you can tell. Dave Gunn is here to talk about, well, everything is life and music, starting out as a farm boy and then heading out on the road as a touring act playing every speakeasy and honky-tonk from coast to coast, getting to all sorts of shenanigans on the road, playing all sorts of cool venues in and around our country, how we got here to our community and contributing to the music and art scene. And also we talk about the sound, the light, the tents, all that fun stuff, going with a deep dive for Dave Gunn, all about the local bands, all about bands he performed with all across the country, from country to rock and roll, even jazz, how he started his own recording studio back in the day as well. It's a really cool interview with the man, the myth, the legend, the sound, the light himself, Dave Gunn. We've got a couple of tickets to the gun show here on this installment box office podcast. Visit Gun Sound and Light on South Main Street to help your loved one start their musical journey. An instrument is the perfect Christmas gift for people of all ages. Whether it's a guitar, drum set, keyboard, ukulele, or any other accessory they'll need to get started or to enhance their skills. Plus, you can purchase helpful books with online audio and video so newbies can teach themselves. Give a gift that does so much more than make them smile. Open 1 to 5 Monday through Friday and noon to 5 on Saturdays. Visit Gun Sound and Light on Main Street or call 687 and have yourselves a Merry Christmas. Last time I did one, that wasn't the case. I didn't know the guy who did it on the phone. I got said a couple things I wish I wouldn't have. Right? Something that would probably, ambush probably be Mike Wallace the, interview here. The, the Easter eggs for the yeah. extra features. So anyway, that was kind of a, an eye-opener. <laughs> <laughs> we're taped. Well, we're like we're live recorded. Here. I mean, so we really, there's fire no... up a couple bowls here. For <laughs> we get the real stories here. Ooh. <laughs> like the CC interview. Oh my God. He just yeah. listened back to it. Wow, we had a lot of wine that night. <laughs> CC. Yes. Yes, we did. I had a bottle. He had a bottle. Oh, I love we CC. Just, he's, oh, a, yeah. he's a freaking character. It was a great night. I think that that interview actually literally broke down into the song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. We because yeah. usually we try again after like an hour and. 45 minutes we're like well we got three parts here we don't... that won't happen here <laughs> okay so this is this is your life dave gun your life and <laughs> laughing loving living and music and sound and or light mayhem mayhem are, are you from here or no no i am not from here are we on yeah we're, we're on, on yeah we're on. tell them just sending my message out here okay i'm good right. i'm ready to go i'm not from here no where are you from <laughs> <laughs> journalism here grew up on a farm near near kyle saskatchewan about 40 miles north of swift current farm boy farm boy 14 miles from town yeah that's for sure i got out of there in the 74 i graduated and uh, uh, took off and went playing for 
I don't know, 14 and a half years, I guess. So was the goal the goal to get out of the farm, basically? Was well, that... once, once I realized that um, I could actually make money playing guitar, didn't have to have a real job, that was it. So are <laughs> you come from a musical family? No, or? I wouldn't say that. No, not really. In fact, my parents thought I was nuts when I took my... They, find, they came around to it, though. Once they see, saw that it could be done, they were fine. But No, I just uh, I didn't want to be a farmer. I wasn't mechanically inclined. I couldn't uh, imagine worrying about the weather all the time. Oh, I just The pressure and, and all your money being made at one time of the year and, and then spending all the rest of the year it just wasn't for me. So you ended up in a wedding tent <laughs> operation where, yeah. where mechanical and tents and, well, that, but, and weather is your entire business. Well, the tent thing we sort of fell into, there was... Uh, Good story. We were here, and I was teaching guitar and selling a little bit of stuff. Started off really slow building the store, and we went to the dog races. And uh, <laughs> the dog, where are the dog like races? The, 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 the greyhound races? Yeah, or? no, the, no, the um, oh, sled, the, the sled dog, dog races. Oh, okay, <laughs> the like, dog track. Greyhounds? What's going on here? The Friendship <laughs> Center used to put dog races That's on, right, on yeah. Fathom Lake, and we pulled up to watch them first or second, third year we were here. And the dogs were yapping their heads off, and they took off, and it was quiet, and everybody started the cars and went home. And uh, Max and I thought, well, if we had a tent down on the ice, they could sell chili and hot dogs and hot chocolate and coffee and make a, mm-hmm. an event out of it and do some stuff. So I went to the Friendship Center and I said, commit to five years and I'll buy one. And they said, yes. So we got one tent and once we needed one, then we needed two and then three and away you go. So when you were growing up, what was sort of the, was radio or was it records? I guess the Beatles, was that kind of the... You know, I never influence? I never listened to music at all until I, <laughs> <laughs> until I was about 14 or 15. Actually, I guess I was probably closer to 18, and I went to a summer school, uh, Saskatchewan Summer School of the Arts for the jazz program. Oh, wow. I played saxophone at Fort Capel, and I heard jazz and really good players, and I was hooked immediately. I wanted to do that, so I went back for four summers, and uh, that's when I really decided I wanted to be a player. Plus, um, like I said, once they started getting paid for it, that was the end of being on a shovel. <laughs> so you play saxophone? I did. Uh, I suck now. Oh, come on. <laughs> is, is that how you like broke into the business? No. No, no it was guitar. No, guitar. Playing bass. Actually, my first pro gig for a year was playing bass, uh, but I always played guitar along that time, too. So what were some of the, the early gigs? Were you like a teenager, not, not being allowed to drink, but had to get, uh, got to no, play in bars? No, I was 18. I was, in fact, I was maybe like 19 and a half. I was the fall of 76. We went on the road playing. It was all bars, six nights a week in those days, and we did that. You know, I never even had a home address. I just had two garbage bags, one for clean clothes and one for dirty. That's a system. And I never had any bills, no bills at all, and making good money, drinking and eating the whole thing, of course. It's life. Yeah, when it was all done, I think I had 500 bucks on me after 14 and a half years. Yeah, but, well, you know, you weren't behind. You were, you know, okay, you, right. lots you of weren't ex- in debt. No, 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 lots of experiences. Not... Where did you play? What yeah, who, 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 yeah who is this band here? <laughs> yeah, 14 years. That's played played in all, with all different bands. Well, George Moody is the first guy I played with, an old country guy. He's dead now. He was from the States, and uh, we used to play bars, and I played bass, and another guy played drums, and he, he was really good. He was inspiring, good player. Bit of a drunk, but, uh, you know. Take, the music take the, I, le- I learned how to do that, too. <laughs> Mentor. Yeah, so, and we played all over Saskatchewan, Alberta, and B.C. Interior B.C., all over Alberta, and Saskatchewan, too. And we just played every little dump you can think of. Most of them are gone. They all burned down. So how do you get booked in these places? Do you have an agent? Do you just yeah. call people? We or? had different agents. Mostly we booked ourselves. But, yeah, you, you, somebody likes you and hears about you. Like, these bar owners talk to each other. Who's good, who's not, who shows up late, who gets drunk. They, For sure. You know, and you get who, in. Who do the people like? 
Yeah, yeah. Who, who, who do can you make? Yeah, you know, in the end, you're a beer salesman, and whoever sells beer gets hired. <laughs> you know, and you can you can yeah, sure. choose to not like that, but that's the way it is. So, and we played all over all over the place, and we so I played in George Mooney's band for a while. Then we got with some other guys, though, actually the remnants of his band, and we got a girl singer for a while, and we traveled around, and well, we had different agents. People, it was a whole community. People get to know each other in the community and who the agents are. As long as you're consistent and do a good job and care about what you're doing, you're going to be busy. So, so were there any, like, great stories slash horror stories? Was it like the Blues <laughs> Brothers or people like throwing bottles at you? Or? It, it was everything and more that you can possibly imagine. I have saw some, you know, in the early days was, holy mackerel, check that out. There's a good bar fight. A guy got punched right in the nose. He's bleeding all over his shirt. And that's cool. <laughs> and after about 10 or 20 or 30 of those, it's like, smarten up, you guys. Yeah, like, well, no, well, enough already. We'll play some eagles to mellow you guys yeah. out. Yeah. You know, and I just, uh, one I do remember was in Nanton, south of Alberta, in the bar there. I was down there with Tim Pusey, and the two of us were just doing a duo. We had a, a drum machine. There was a guy in there, and he was high on something, just a little yappy guy, annoying everybody. And um, he was playing pool, and there was this guy in there with arms like tree trunks, and he apparently owned the local gym. And I turned around just in time to see the guy's fist come up and caught Condor caught him under the chin and he literally lifted his feet off the floor just like in the movies and he went back he was out cold in the air and landed and you could you could hear the smack right over the band we're playing you could hear the smack right over the band and a one punch shot (laughs) it was nice and clean usually they're messier than that so were, were there covers or originals or a little mostly bit of both? Co- all covers? Yeah, all covers. But this was still country, or was yeah, it? country yeah. and co- country rock. Mo- mostly more rock and roll at the end. But we started out as a real country band. That seemed to be where the work was. And we drive into a town, and the most falling down, junky looking place was the one we were playing. Eh? And you know what? Those little places were the biggest money makers. In most cases, with some old drunk, and the play everything was paid for, and the off sales were great. And, those were the ones that made money. The guys with the um, big mortgages were struggling. So, did you guys play like halls or like auditoriums and two? Oh yeah, we did everything. Bars were the main thing, but people would come out and like us and hire us to do their kids' wedding or oh, wow. to do whatever. Nice. So, we did all kinds of stuff. And if you could make enough money on a Saturday night that was the same as playing all week, you'd do that and take the week off. Well, for sure. Mm-hmm. Why not? Right? Why not? Yeah. So, did you, I guess, do like a lot of towns version of the fish fry and trout festival kind of? Yeah. Like the summer. Yeah, we did a lot of country music parties. Like Ivan Dane's rodeo was one of them. It was at uh, Innisfail, Alberta, and there was different ones at. Stetler, little country music show things, and we'd we'd do an hour each day, and there would be another dozen bands there too. So, so we did a lot of that kind of thing in the summer, and in the winter, you just it was just bars. So did you get better as a player? Did you just get more? Is it three chords and go? Like how did you kind of? <laughs> well, you get your better. Skills, you guess. get better. You get you know we backed up guys, guys like uh, well Dick Dameron, Gary Buck. I don't know if you heard any of these guys. Lucille Starr. They would come out and uh, do tours if they had a new album or something, and they need a band instead of hi- having their own all the time. They would just hire an existing band to back them up, and we used to get a lot of that kind of thing. So we'd practice for a few times through, so the quicker study you were and the better your ear was, the easier it was and the more valuable you were. So I, I learned to play a lot during that time. So you read music? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're the one, one person, the one person in wow, town. Because everybody's like, yeah, I just listen to ear, yeah. I, I even yeah. read Mark Colt music. Wow, that's oh, the hieroglyphics. <laughs> that's the, the coder ring. The yeah. diamonds and the hearts he's, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a system. Yeah, so, I, no, uh, I, like these shows, like Abba's coming up, and um, that kind of show, like I, I couldn't imagine trying to memorize the whole show as a yeah. musician in a pit. That would be crazy. <laughs> 
You read, learn to read. You know, you don't have to be a great reader, just know what you're looking at, and, mm -hmm, and it's, sure. it's everything. So when I first moved here... Uh, when I, was that? Uh, I moved here ten, I think, ten years ago, like this week, probably. Oh. Like, like, yeah, it was like it's close to my ten-year anniversary radio well, station. Happy anniversary. Well, thank you. I got uh, <laughs> uh, Greg East. I was told to find accommodations from, as he was the the, the head poobas, gave DJs various uh, lodging, and he's got a uh, giant crate of tapes. And on it is a, a Dave Gunn album. I've seen it. Dorian has one in free yes, on display. Yes, it is. You with uh, lapels, you could land a plane on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so how did you get into like recording oh, this I just, after this? Or? No, well, let's see. I went on the, started playing, and I started to make a living in 76, I guess. We played all through school before that, though, for a few years. Uh, it was an 80s... In the early 80s, I lived in Olds, Alberta, and I had a recording studio. I set up a studio, and we used to do radio commercials and record other people, and I'd play on their projects and different things like that. I guess it was in the early 80s, and I was in a band on the road, Peter Kingsmill outfit, and we did an album, and then I went back and did a thing myself. But I got into recording, and that's a good way to learn to play, too, though. Tape doesn't lie. You, know, right, you, yeah. you wonder what it, something sounds like, just listen to it. You know, and it's, a, it's surprising. Things you thought were great aren't so good, and then other things that you thought maybe were a screw-up turned out nice. Mm -hmm. And that was the, before the digital days where you could move information forward and back. You had to punch in and do it all manually. Razor blade splicing. Yeah, oh. Analog, it was a lot of work, and the better you were, the less work it was. So that inspired me to want to work hard at it, too. And uh, then in Calgary, we moved to Calgary in 86 and had a recording studio there till 91 until we moved here. Just about 28 years I've been here now. March 3rd we got here in 91. Wow, so did you prefer live stuff? Did you prefer the recording stuff? Is it just kind of uh, two sides of the same well, coin? Well, well, the live stuff paid the bills. Ah, there we go. <laughs> you know, I, I like recording, but there, it's hard to get any money in it, to make any money with it. And So then, you know, then I kind of gave the recording. I, I had enough of it. You know, you end up having people come in that uh, want you to record them and they think you have a magic wand and you're going to make them sound fantastic because you got all these toys and everything. <laughs> but it's basically what comes in what is what comes out. Well, exactly right. It's kind of what you do. And you can, is, you can yeah. process it somewhat more now with the digital toys. Um, but I had people come in there and I had one woman crying, breaking down because she heard herself on tape and thought she was better. And then you got to got to come out and hug them. And, you know, like I just, I, 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 I well, just, that's nice. You come out and hug them well, and make them feel better and stuff. I mean, you know. Yeah, but that's, yeah, 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 well, sure. But it's kind of a babysitting job and I, it, it, that's what it can turn into and I just didn't want to do that anymore. And, so why? How did you come to Flin Flon? Oh, my Max is from here. My wife is from here. Okay, there we go. That was my next question. And when did the lovely Max come into this whole? She scenario? she showed up in my life in the fall of '82. Oh, yeah. We got married in June of '86, so we're 32 years in. Oh, wow. 36 oh. 36 years together. Yeah. Did you have to play at your own wedding? No. <laughs> no. Could you imagine? No. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we were looking for something to do. She, she was part of something that um, she'd had enough of, and I was just playing pizza places on the weekend and 
just got tired of just the traffic and mm-hmm. everything trying to try to do anything it took forever and she yeah. said well let's go to Flin Flon and I said well let's go to Australia Australia <laughs> <laughs> wow but, but um, I was I was a little lit up that night and <laughs> <laughs> Carolina Tales California <laughs> so anyway we just came up here and looked around and uh, started basically from scratch and it's been good it's uh, worked out we worked hard but the town has been good to us too absolutely so did you have the idea to start the the sound and light company when you first got here or? I was teaching guitar there was nobody teaching guitar and I needed to do something mm-hmm. I put an ad in the paper and I had about 10 calls the first oh, wow. week and it grew into a monster I had 50 or 60 a oh, week well, yeah there's oh, not a lot empire, to do up yeah. here you know? yeah. and, and I did that for at least a dozen years until I got so I just couldn't do it anymore I couldn't mentally get through another one I just I, I, I'd hit the wall and uh, but for by sure. that time the store was up growing at a location and selling guitars and stuff and started buying a little bit of sound gear and then started doing Maker's Narrows Day and different things and that slowly grew and and then we got the tent and we started buying tables and chairs and the thing's growing like crazy. So did you was there a sort of a band music scene here when you got here? Not a whole lot uh, there wasn't really much going on at all I hooked up with a guy Laurie Shiltroth and we played together for a year maybe and started I was in town two or three weeks and we were playing the settlement that was the place out at Denaire Beach. It's burned down now. Uh, yeah. Uh, and we played in the Hooter. Don Patience was there at the time. So I did that. Played a lot, all I could. And got a, together with Beaner and Rugged and played with all different guys through the years. And we've got a pretty, playing with CC now and Stacy Einman and mm-hmm. Ruggie and Mark and Beaner and I. Yeah, so yes, there we go. Yes, first day. Our song, our first kiss. Yeah, it was the Friends in Low Places. Garth Brooks. Yeah, our song. It's got to be the mix. It's got to be the mix version. Yeah, it's got to be under the owl. And Rob, Rob Motu plays Rob Motu Usual Suspects. Right, really. So, so we play Friends in Low Places, and you looked at each other and said, "Me too." We're standing under the owl of the hooter, and that was it. Bells went off. Really? You heard? You heard bells? Well, I may have dropped a Corona bottle. But it was Christmas. <laughs> yes, it was. It was, it was around this time, yeah. It was, it was the annual Christmas Spectacular. So, yeah, so these guys, um, Beaner and Rugged, what were they up to, and do, well, how did you guys kind of uh, work together? Yeah, it's a, oh, man, that's that's a long time ago. Oh. I know. Uh, see, when we started, Beaner and I have been together just about the whole time, and he always made me laugh. He had the, oh, he, he's got this kind of the same sense of humor as I do, not like Mr. Inappropriate at times. <laughs> He's a lot better than he used to be, and I'm, I oh hope I am too. God, but. I can't imagine. <laughs> worse <laughs> beer, man. Yeah, he's still inappropriate. That's, but you don't see it. In, but delightfully. <laughs> Del- delightfully inappropriate, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> There's people who might not agree with that. But. Yeah, did, did they tour? Are they from here? Or? They're all from here. Okay. They all grew up here, yeah. So, and, and Rugged was just kind of, you needed a drummer, I guess? Or? Well, we pl- I played with Tom Gibney for a long time, off and on, and Corey Kraz and different guys, and then one day so, everybody couldn't make it or something, and I got a hold of Rugged, and he sat in, and, and he lo- liked doing it, and he was easy to deal with and everything, so, yeah, and Mark and I have been, ever since he got here, we've been playing together, I guess. Yeah, because we talked to Mark, and basically how it sounds is he was getting his stuff off the U-Haul, and it was like, you're in a band, you're, you are now in three country bands, you will, you will not have a, a spare moment anytime. time. That's pretty, we're, we're pretty much it. Yeah. 7 o'clock on Thursday yeah, night. Yeah. 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 Me and the church will be there. So when all this is going on, is how do you guys put together, do you guys have a similar passion for music? Do you guys all kind of like the same songs, or is there a lot of infighting and argument going, no, we are not playing this song, no, we are playing this song? There's no argument and infighting, and if there was, I'd be gone. <laughs> I guess, yeah. The only reason I do this anymore is for fun, and uh, if it's, when it's not fun, I'll, I'll be done. 
I have no other reason left to do it. Mm-hmm. No, we all get along pretty good. We all want it to work. Uh, and as far as what the tune is, I'm, I'm 25 years beyond even thinking that way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if people like it and they want to hear it, that's what we're getting paid for, and we'll give it to them. We'll just do Absolutely. it the best we can. And, I mean, even if it's tiddlywinks, you can try and put oh, some feeling sure. into it. <laughs> right? other, with, people with, are, with other people are loving yeah. it, and you can get joy out of that. So. Yeah, like whether whether I personally like the song has, has been irrelevant for a long, long time. <laughs> I know. I'm like that, too. It's like when somebody asks for something hideous as a haircut, and I'm just like, hey, honey, if that's what makes you happy, there you go. <laughs> no I'm not going to argue with them. I'm not going to say, you should do this, this, and this. I'm just holding the scissors. Uh, I'm just the tool. Some people just like, there you Do you get a chance to play songs that you play? when you started even now oh yeah there's a, a few uh pretty woman i mean oh, the, the, the uh, bar standards and oh yeah yeah brown-eyed girl brown-eyed girl yeah. brown-eyed girl <laughs> well that's right you know they make everyone happy and well every band that starts out they got a half a night's worth already from all the other from all the stuff they've been doing forever mm-hmm. so and brown-eyed girls it's you know the, these songs are people like them they're simple yep, yeah, yeah. Dancing, yeah. Smiling. you can learn yeah, them in two minutes sure. So when you put together the uh, the sound and light company and everything, did you do like the did you perform the fish fries? Did you do sounds for all that or I all all of the above. Uh, uh, did the sound for the fish fry? I'm guessing six, seven years, eight years maybe. The last time is a while ago, maybe eight or ten years ago. I just uh, it, it was it was costing too much to have the inventory for what the job paid and there was one or two things a year maybe the country party thing in Creighton and that was it there wasn't if there was something to do every month to justify the inventory that would have been different but it just wasn't there and uh, Wade had the gear he was all gung-ho and I said great you you know there's somebody else here could do it doesn't need to be me and that's at a time of year during Trout Festival when I got tents all over the place and all kinds of little jobs and, oh, it, was, yeah. and it was just too much yeah so just so people also you do just Weddings and family gatherings. And any and kind of gathering. We do, do we do a lot? Million dollar holes in one. A, a lot of our our uh, business, the big weddings now are pretty well all on the reserves. And we go to Norway House, Cross Lake, Thompson, wow. north of Thompson towards Lynn Lake for outdoor gatherings. There's a, it's a good business. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's, it's a lot of work, but I just have to hire more guys and get, so I can't do it any myself. <laughs> Supervising. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, what, that's what I that's what I should be doing, yeah. For sure. So when Mark and Crystal came to town they started doing these big musicals. Did you help out on that and performing in I sound? I too? played I didn't do the sound on the big ones. the arts council shows and all that, but these big complicated things with all the wirelesses and that and especially when the people are out on the in the middle of the floor mm-hmm. with speakers all around them, I just that's a little out of my league. I don't have the gear and I just don't want the pressure. And I'm perfectly happy just to play guitar in a pit, and that's all I want to do. And that's what I've been doing. Most of them, I guess, I've played on. So did you do Bombertown? Is that... Um, were you in Bombertown? I don't think I was. No, no. I, think I, I think I missed that one. Oh, Miss Bombertown. Did you do like, Chicago? I, you know, I was, gonna, I was oh, going okay. to do it. I was going to do Chicago, but Max and I flew from Panama City to Cancun, and the flight was so rough. And scary that we weren't didn't want to get on our next flight to Saskatoon. Oh, wow. So so we got on the bus and the train and we went out. We spent 13 days coming from Cancun home on the bus and the train, and and about four days before Chicago started, I phoned Crystal up and I said I can't play in Chicago because we're in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and we were we we were one horrible flight. It it was unbelievable. It was just I didn't Boy, think I I didn't think I'd ever fly again after wow, that one. Wow. Yeah, but we've been on planes since and it's it's not a, still not a whole lot of fun, but. 
Yeah, that was uh, that was not good. Well, yes. In in between all this, you are an international traveler and right. man of mystery. Um, <laughs> the world? In, in, the world in between setting up tents, yes, you'll see just yeah. photos of you just uh, asleep in various hotels around the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna travel while we can. You know, we don't know how much time we have left, and uh, you know, you think you don't have money, and then one day you wake up, you don't have time. So <laughs> we're gonna yeah, we're gonna to think what's more precious for real? What's more? Well, we're gonna do a couple of good. A couple of good trips a year, and in the summer I'm busier than heck, and I, it probably will stay that way for a while. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go when we can. We're off to Portugal and Spain in February again for oh, wow. a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah. And you're just back from where, Morocco? We are in Morocco. We toured all around the country. Very interesting place. Friendly. People were great. Uh, Is it similar learnt, to when you were touring in bars around? <laughs> Is it kind of just... Actually, it was safer than that. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was these... I, I, <laughs> think back to some of the situations we were caught ourselves in when we were young and man i don't know yeah, yeah. Was, was there ever police involved or? Oh, all the time no. all the time yeah. when was the police not involved i've got a couple stories if you want to hear well them. that's why we're here <laughs> yes <laughs> about the stories and they we were playing in pinoca alberta and i'm guessing it'd be in the late 70s 78 maybe 77 even and uh the bar we got done playing at midnight i went over to another bar where the guys were playing later i knew the guys and I wasn't there five minutes, and uh, we hear some news uh, come over. The Somebody on the PA said something, and we went back to the original bar, and the police were there, had it all taped off. And the guy had walked in and shot his wife in the head with a shotgun. Oh, my God. Five minutes after I left, right where I was sitting, and six, six other people were injured. I'd have been one of them. Wow, wow. So that was one. And another night in Rocky Mountain House, the guy got knifed outside the stage, and they crawled under a truck, and they found him the next morning right where we'd haul our gear in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been. Yeah. Did you ever like? Did anybody ever come on stage and take swings at the band and things? Or? Uh, we were we had in Drayton Valley, Alberta. We had <laughs> the bass player. We had a guy, a huge guy, some kind of oil rigger guy, he's talking in his ear. You guys suck. Why do you leave town and quit? And he's doing this while we're playing and singing and. He never came over where I was, and I, but it was scary. I, you don't know what could happen. And there's one one little woman, about 100 pounds, running the place, and finally she called the cops, and there was fights all over the place and beer flying. And I saw a guy well, numerous times get kicked in the head with cowboy boots and, ble and bleed out. And, yeah, I don't miss any of that. I, there's, there's, no I, don't, I don't miss any of that stuff, yeah. But you got to do it when you're young because I never would want to now. No, I guess not. <laughs> and were, were these, like, rowdy receptive crowds or did you ever have just a lot of did you ever you know like a at, funeral type crowd oh everything yeah i <laughs> know at first in the mid-70s until probably 83 4 5 the bars were still busy and busy all week especially when there's pipeliners and oil guys around and but it started to shrink up until the end when I finally got off the road. It was just weekends. And even then, you're lucky to have a place half full. And a, in a town like Rocky Mountain House, there used to be four bars. They'd have bands all week, all of them. And now I don't know if anybody has anything even on the weekend. These jobs are all gone. And it's a combination of MTV and CMT. The novelty's gone. Uh, drunk driving rules are tougher. Uh, the cost of booze. We used to fill our table up for five bucks and beer. You know, 20 cents a glass for draft. I remember that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Oh, I'm a little older than you. Well, no, I remember. I remember. I remember in Winnipeg. 50 cents at least they, they, a glass. They raised it to 225 and there was outrage. Outrage. <laughs> oh, I remember two for a dollar draft beers on a Sunday night at Club 200. Oh. When we were first getting 12s out of the liquor out of the bar, they were 320 a case for a dozen. Oh, my God. And what, were you smoking, too, and playing you know, 25 cents for cigarettes then? 
I wasn't a Snare smoker. No, but but they no. were. You could get a, a carton for a buck, probably. I remember people saying they hit a buck. I'm quitting. A <laughs> buck, <laughs> twenty bucks. Yeah. So do you yeah. play the the Flin Flon Hotel too? Uh, yeah, yeah. We used to play a flan and played the winder, most of them in town. We used to, actually, when the flan was open, we played there quite a bit. And what was was that? What, yeah, what were your bands in town? Because I talked to Brent a little, and you guys were in, like, some sort of New Year's Eve Well, I've, I guess, uh, well, yeah, over the years, I probably played with most of the hardcores, like Brent and Lane Ladderwood and Rugged, Tom Gibney, Kraz, young and old Kraz, um, Mark... I don't know, Beaner. I can't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's been the same lineup for quite a while now, and actually I like it that way. It's very, we all get along great. There's never a problem, and uh, it's uh, it's really good. So yeah. when you guys are putting a show together, how much sort of rehearsal time do you put into it? Do you guys have your set sort of list, and are you guys trying to add new stuff, and do you keep your eye out on what's, what's kind of out there? Well, we're going to rehearse tomorrow with Cece and Stacy because they were playing the Hooter on Friday and Saturday. And we've worked up five new tunes, and we got together. We got together last Wednesday and the Wednesday before, and we got five new tunes. You have to do that, by the way. Well, you, yeah. You go, you go nuts yourself if you don't learn. Because we were like, is this? Are, are they playing Guns and Roses? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have to do it for our own sanity as much as anything. But we, yeah, we got some new tunes. We're gonna get together tomorrow and run over them, just so that when we get up on the stage, it's not how the hell does that go again? Because <laughs> the old the old stuff is easy, but it's the new ones that we're we're getting old now. I mean, Beaner's seventy one. Oh, my God. That's right. He doesn't look a day over 60. That's what smoking and drinking will do to you kids. <laughs> it's kind of an endorsement. Yeah, where are we talking about? We're going to be... I'm sitting on a stool now because it's a long night standing up, but I keep telling him I'm going to bring my lazy boy. So. <laughs> hey, if you can play from the lazy well, boy. Right? Well, I'd, I'd like to do is just play a, over the phone from home. Just set up a laptop. So you also in, so and tell us a little bit about the loco boys. Ooh, the loco, loco boy. Oh, that's Lane and Rugged and Beaner and me. We played the Wooly Bully a few times. Okay, so is that? Or do you have different set lists and stuff? Do we? Well, we that in that band, I don't think we got together and rehearsed. It's just all <laughs> tunes we knew, and we'd scramble, and it, it wasn't a real serious thing. It was just for fun and to play some of the bars. But uh, yeah, we just. No, we didn't put a whole lot of work into that. <laughs> good, good to know. When you see how them, it's fun. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, that's you guys a, have fun at least. That's what, I, what I'm saying. And when it's not fun, I'm done. It's, it's, there's no other reason left to do it. So you did also, you were in Greece in the pit band for that. Yeah. And so I guess that's a little more rehearsal than you guys yeah. are used to. Yeah, actually, it's perfect. I come in, the band gets together the last 10 days, maybe two weeks. We go over our charts. The thing tightens up over the last week, and we're and we do the shows. Those poor buggers that are dancing and singing are yeah. at they're at it <laughs> since Christmas. Chair, yeah. I can't imagine doing that. Well, first of all, he would never want me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Why do that to you? Why do that to the audience? Well, <laughs> yeah, in Greece dancing, I thought, I wonder if I was out there, anybody noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. So, uh, was was that stuff easy to rehearse? Was was that kind yeah, of fifties kind, oh, of yeah. kind of stuff? You know the 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 three brides for castles. There we go. Three yeah. brides for castles was uh, was a complicated chart. Uh, a lot of chord changes, a lot of moving parts, uh, but it was interesting. It was fun, and that one took a little more work to tighten up. But most of them are pretty straightforward. It's a matter of learning your cues. How long should this part be while they're doing the changeovers? Uh, you know, 
and uh, getting to know what Mark's chart is doing. So is, is that a sort of marketing charge there? Oh, yeah. You guys are all kind of following him? Yeah. How he, it works out? Mark's fantastic. He put, does all the charting for everything. He gives me my part, and I just said, I don't play it. I couldn't, it couldn't be any better. And so there's got to be quite a – by the end, you guys are probably like like in the trenches in battle by the end of all this done, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's a camaraderie thing for sure. That all wrong mm-hmm. on these days. Yeah, yeah but they're, they're, they're just kind of in the, the – we can only see the tops of their heads, really. Yeah, well, we just sit there, and when there's a, something to organize or work out, we just sit there and look around. Hey, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? This part again. They so, didn't laugh as much last night as they did now. So you, I have to do this, you guys. What does the pirate say when he turns 80? I don't know, Dave. I don't know, Dave. I matey. We could use that in the pirate show. We did. <laughs> we like, I, I, I can, sorry, I couldn't help it. We did. We did the, the Treasure Island. Have you ever? Yeah, have they ever asked you to be on stage or perform in oh. anything? No. <laughs> I, I did uh, some of the. What do you call them? The ham sandwich things. Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. I've done a few little bit parts in that. And I tell them if it's if if I can learn my part in 10 minutes and I'm on stage for 5 minutes, <laughs> I'm your guy. So every once in a while I'll have something little and I'll do it, but that's been a while too. But well, it's terrifying. Yeah, I just, what shows did you do? Um Can you remember or who was who was like Well, tight. I <laughs> actually as far as the big shows go, I, I had a little part in Titanic. Oh, oh really? I was the guy who missed the boat at the end of the first oh, half. <laughs> And it's the funniest thing. I, I just all I got to do is come up and throw a little fit on the stage and get off. The whole thing's like forty seconds long, but it's just me. And um, you know, in rehearsal, I'm over there and I'm just terrified. I'm absolutely shaking. I'm so scared. Anyway, so I run up there and I go through my lines, and I walk off the stage. And somebody says, "You need more energy than that." And I'm going, "Oh God, oh God." So Friday afternoon, I'm in the store going over my lines, and I'm going, "What have I done? What am I doing here?" So I go over there Friday night. And I'm backstage, and I'm waiting for my time, and it's coming like a freight train, a half an hour, 25 minutes, 20 minutes. Anyway, I run, run out on stage, I go, blah, 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 and I get off the stage, and it was too quick. I was in a, oh, yeah. I was in a hurry, and I just thought, the hell? So anyway, the next night, I said, I'm not going to do that. And um, Alistair Caligari and I <laughs> wrote back, and we had some little little shots of booze i forget what it was and we and i thought okay this is how you get ready for a show and i thought Richard okay <laughs> so i had a couple of those and and i wasn't nervous and my time came and i went up there and i enjoyed it and i did it deliberately and it was a blast and i hit all my lines right and the crowd laughed their head off and i thought this is cool i like this and i walked got off the stage and then sunday night i was terrified and i blew it again <laughs> But I went up to Crystal Cold afterwards, and I said, you know, I always wondered how you pull these shows together. Now I know. Everybody makes a personal commitment to you and can't let you down if it kills them. Pretty much, yeah. I said, I'm on to you. I know how you're doing this. (laughs) But anyway, that's that's pretty much my acting experience. I did a couple of the Arts Council things. I was a jailer in one where I stood with a hood on and held an axe. Another Another one, I was an Italian guy, and I had about six lines in Italian. And I'm thinking, who, who, no, no. And I, well, that's what I, I'm working on my part, and I'm getting everything just right, all the inflection. I come out and I just nail it. I've been working so hard on this stupid little part, and I thought, who's gonna, who's gonna know? And uh, after the show, Paolo Strapazon comes up oh to me. No he way. comes up to me and he says, "Thought I was in the old country there." <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. Just little bit part things where I can get off and on and. But they haven't asked me for a while, so. <laughs> so you want to audition? And you're like, yeah. no. And you're like walking in. What gives you? So yeah. So when you mentioned Crystal, she as she 
relied on you? And what do you think she has brought with uh, with these shows? Has it made life more busy or more entertaining for you? It's uh, Crystal is absolutely amazing human being. I think, and she hears it all the time. I'm sure, but it's true. I don't know how much of any of this would have be happening. There's a lot of people that contribute and do things now, but in the earlier days, it was her and Mark. There needs to be direction, right? There needs. Well, yeah, there's there's no matter who knows the wheel, how yeah. to do what. Absolutely. If there's, there's no, you know, nucleus. They need someone to, to just open the door and yeah. go. This is possible. Exactly. Well, and she's always trying to raise the standard. She's she's committed to making them better and better, and uh, you know that's that's hard to maintain over decades. She's always driven to make the the best she can, and I think we all know it, and we try to do our best for her, and uh, that's leadership. That's leadership right there. Are you in? in have you been recruited for ABBA yet? Or has yeah, I, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to play in the pit. I've, I've missed. I don't know how many they've done. It's every couple of years. There's, I probably missed three or four of them. The rest I've been in. And, uh, and it's good. It's fun. It's the basically the only job I'd want in the whole thing. But. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be building sets or anything. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so do you know ABBA music, or are you going to have to I'll, brush I'll, up on it well, here? I'll have to Did brush up. Did you guys up. play that in the, the, the mining and oil-smelting towns of Alberta? No. <laughs> no? Not much call for no. ABBA? You know what? Though in the late 70s, we had silver shiny shirts and black dress pants, and we were doing all the Saturday Night Fever stuff. Oh, there we go. We had a girl singer, and we were doing just about everything off the album, and yeah, that that went for about six months. <laughs> and then disco died. <laughs> so as she recruited you, and she's doing these things to try and like a new building because you're well, kind of... yeah. In, in the early days, as far as the sound gear part went, she asked me to do the sound. I guess, and uh, I needed this and that, and I tried to fake it with what I had. But to do choirs, you need the proper microphones. And over the years, I've just built up what I've needed to do her shows and other shows. And it's worked out great. It's been good symmetry. Is it is it a different challenge doing like a big choir performance than doing like a rock band? Absolutely, How's the setup different. Mm-hmm. Totally different animal. Yeah, totally different thing. You use dynamic mics for bands. They uh, they're only meant to pick up back a foot or so, and and off axis off axis rejection is a lot better too. Like so, don't feedback in your monitors. Choir mics, they're condensers. They need a power supply, and they're very sensitive, and you can't have them in the monitors at all. But they pick up from a lot greater distance and a wider dispersion, and they sound better, and they're smoother, but they're more expensive and delicate, too. So it's just the right tool for the job is what it is. Have you, like, when you, do you go now to, like, concerts and things out of town? And can you, do you have the ear and go, oh, yeah. what are they doing here? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you enjoy the music it's still, or are you still on, like, Well, I, yeah. well, I, I listened to it. We were in Las Vegas a couple years ago, and I went, so we went to Celine Dion's oh, Theater okay. at Caesars Palace and saw Elton John. And um, so, and he was great. He, I, he had a, seven of them or eight of them, I guess, three drummers. And the first three or four tunes of the show were pretty quiet. There wasn't much bottom end. And it seemed kind of curious to me because he'd been in there for a run and they started, he was there the night before, so why wouldn't it be set for the night before? The only thing I can think of is they want to ease their way into it and not have any kind of stupid problem off the start. But by about the fourth song, it sounded great. You know, but but it's interesting that the show started missing. The kick was weak. You couldn't hear the bass much, and just the clarity issues and things like that. Well, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? You know, but but it's just like I, I'm sure. Most, but you can tell like immediately. As well, yeah. Know. Well, sure. You can't help but notice what you're listening to, and it, and different places in the theater. As much as they try to make them all the same, they're not. We were right up against the wall at the back, and that probably made a difference too. And. But, you know, I, I enjoy the show, yeah. We went and saw the Eagles in Saskatoon a few years oh, ago. Oh, that's right, and, yeah. 
and they sounded great. The, I mean, these. It's I would I wouldn't even want to try to do some of those jobs. It's just too much pressure, too big. Like the sound business can be a stressful thing, and I'm I'm into it as much as I want to. I would not want to be up in the next level. Like when they when you watch the Super Bowl halftime show oh, yeah. or the Grey Cup, all I'm thinking is about please don't have the mic quit on the guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> can you do yourselves or something? Yeah. Yeah. Every time it cuts out a little, right? The whole audience is like, like oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just I wouldn't even want that. So where in town do you like the acoustics, and what's sort of a difference in, like, what's the difference from playing, like, the community hall to, like, the Hooter or the Unliner, Johnny's? Johnny's okay, the worst building in town by a million miles is the Whitney Forum. Yes. yes. <laughs> Agreed. Exactly. Agreed. Because everyone's set up on the side. And then like just that. a big tin. It's yeah. just, it just it's not a, built It wouldn't matter where you set up in there. No. You've got a metal roof with yeah. no insulation, hard cement floor. And drywall, all that you got hard, flat, opposing surfaces, and that's the enemy. When I put the sound system in there 20 years ago, maybe it was for the Royal Bank Cup, 2001. So, but I hollered in the microphone, and, and it took seven <laughs> seconds for the sound to quit, de- to stop delaying and rotating around oh, the room. God. Seven seconds, and anything over a second and a quarter, second and a half, is gives you intelligibility problems. It's the worst building I've ever seen, and the Elks Hall, the old Elks Hall, used oh, to, that used to yeah, be brutal too. Sounds like Charlie Brown's yeah, poor it's Bob Negevin having to do Bob the uh, he yeah. he does the the anthem in harmony by himself. <laughs> the Elks Hall was a horrible place too, but as far as good rooms, the Legion's not bad. The Flin Flon Hotel was pretty good when we used to play there. Um, Hooters fine, you know, you're not loud, which helps. Hooters fine. Um, Winder, I haven't had much experience. I used to do sound there twenty. 15 years ago and it wasn't too bad i guess uh the creighton arena actually is pretty good the sportex yeah you've got insulation up in the ceiling and that makes a huge difference it's still an arena and there are there are problems but it's a lot better than the whitney forum Really? yeah so as as a local business person and and member of the local arts community there has been talk about uh industry and, and mining changes does that, how is, do you think that will affect sort of the arts and music scene and the, and the business scene in town? I think it has to. If we're talking about 900 jobs, if you break it down, there might be two or 300 will be gone through attrition, retirement, and so on, and those people will stay here. Where are you going to go, first of all? Exactly. If, you, if you have kids somewhere else, you might move there, but anybody with cabins and decent pensions are going to want to stay. And there's going to be another three, 400, maybe get transferred to Snow Lake. I'm hearing they need work there. And those people, if they have kids in school here, will likely stay here and go back and forth. And then there'll be young families that have to leave. And uh, it's going to affect our tax base. And that's the only thing that really worries me. There's going to be fewer and fewer of us to pay for everything. And our taxes, as bad as they are, they have to get worse unless we start dropping things. So that's, uh, but as far as the arts community, yeah, it'll hurt, I think. Uh, what I'm worried about is as the population goes down, there's less kids in school. We need less school teachers. And there's a lot of school teachers that are involved in the arts here. And my fear is that we're not going to be able to keep them all. Um, but the, the town, you know, there's going to be a town here. The co-op isn't stupid. They build a new building. They're looking at the surrounding reserves. Absolutely. That's where the growth is, and yeah. that's where the t- growth well, of this town yeah, and as far as our business goes, we're not. It's the sound business has been getting less all the time, and the store is just that's a dying thing. It's uh, unless you're Long and McQuaid, it's tough to to make and sell enough stuff. And the internet too, right? Absolutely, yeah. there's a whole lot of reasons for that. Uh, okay, what else was I going to say? 
I just looked at my phone. Yeah, looked, looked at his phone. He's, he's uh, losing 10%. It's, a, it's a beeping over here. Yeah, so, so, That's so, like, just, I thought you were coming yeah. Oh, okay. bringing chocolate. Are you buying Langham McQuaid? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but as far as our tent business goes, I don't think it'll affect us really that much. The big weddings now for years have been mostly on the reserves. We do a lot of work for the different bands. And as far as there'll be Aboriginal Day, there'll be Canada Day, there'll, there'll be hopefully Blueberry Jam carries on. Um, Sounds like it. Yeah, uh, so so we'll see. I mean, I don't know. We'll I'll find out when everybody else does. <laughs> yeah, so so we, did they come to you for the blueberry jam task to help out, or were you yeah. all sort of like the um, how how did that idea sort of come about? I don't know. You know, I went to the first meeting, and there was a lot of people there that had the ideas. I was definitely not one of the movers, though. I was. That's I just I hired got hired to do the small stage. In oh, the, 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 the rotary, rotary wheel, wheel yeah. did the sound in there, and maybe next year there'll be three venues. That oh heard, my God. heard something about it, I don't know. Hey. Uh, Where else they gonna put good. it? Where is it yeah. just gonna be in, in Lane Lodge trailer? But that's a weekend where I have tents out as well. And that's right, yeah. if I, if I could devote myself completely to it, that, that would be different. But that's in the summer. That's not how it works. So I'm happy to do this uh, small stage, and that's fine with me. And so, how was the experience? Because you uh, you were you were pretty much there all day. Every oh, day. oh yeah, oh it was great. Yeah, it was great. The steward of the uh, of the stage. No, the thing is, on the Friday I was out in Pelican. So actually, Thursday was a Thursday night, Friday night I guess. Out in Pelican, we were taking apart one of their Cree gathering jobs, and it was thirty three above out. That's and, right. And, yeah. and there was four of us, and we were six hours taking down four of our biggest tents and packing up stuff. And when I got home, I could barely get in the house. I just. And then the next morning, I was up and down a rotary wheel. But as long as I can sit there and listen to music and not have to be too physical, I can do that for a long time. But that's the other part's just getting too hard. So, what was some? Did you have like some favorite stuff of the Blueberry Jam, or of, of uh, what you saw? Actually, the, on the Sunday morning, we had a church group come oh, in. That's right. Yeah. At, at the oh. rotary wheel, and they were as good as anybody I heard. They, Genev Masson was there, Roy Billick. Uh, I don't know, can't remember who all, but they they were really good. And there was lots of different acts that were really good. We we got naked. That was always good. Yeah. We well, did. That, that was actually that was. You uh, removed your clothes. Yeah, I, I was just tawdrily dressed. It was your clothes, to be fair. That, <laughs> <was your> <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts. Yeah. You you guys were awesome. It's like he's like, baby, do you have a bra that fits me? I'm like, sadly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we were getting the kids ready for a Bible camp. We were like, put your Bible in the thing. Find my bra and bloomers. We have to rehearse this. <laughs> right. So it's like a, some sort of a sitcom. Yeah, you guys were awesome. Yeah, that was uh, Sean Hanson going, we need people with no shame. You guys. <laughs> My favorite part was changing into drag in the bushes, and somebody found us, came across us, one of the other performers, and like was like, what's going on back here? <laughs> and, and Murray McDonald all got in our way both times, because we did it once in the wheel, we did it at the main stage. He was just like, walk on the wall. Get out. <laughs> So we'd like to ask uh, this question. Is there a gig that you had that is sort of very memorable or where you had like an intense experience? Like, how did I do that? How do we well, you get know, that again? There's, been, there's different kinds of things, but I would say my favorite gig probably of all time was at the Portugal Inn in Calgary, right out near the airport when the Winter Olympics were on there in 1988. Oh, yeah. I did six weeks in the lounge just myself with my little computer setup that did the drums and bass, and I just played jazz for six weeks in the lounge while the Olympics were on. And the hotel was full of Federal Express people from all over the world. They were the official carrier, so every night I had people from all over, and and that was a great gig. I enjoyed that one. Are you doing different sets every night? Or are you just doing whatever you want? I was just, I basically did what I want. I had hundreds of tunes, and I would just do you know play a forty minutes and take twenty and play forty and. 
and I was done at midnight. I think I played nine to twelve, and uh, like it was great. It was a great job. Okay, well, it's pretty. But cool. it was too good to yeah. last. Yeah, yeah. The Olympics don't go for six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was for the it was for the four weeks before the Olympics, and then the two weeks while they were on. Oh wow! So it was just it was very international yep. crowd, like love, lack of English and God knows what. I had a guy give me 300 bucks to play the green grass at home. Oh, wow. <laughs> Tom Did Jones you know classic? Him? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that was, that was in 88, so what's that worth now? Oh, yeah, that's probably. That's, yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Wow, okay. And that was a good gig. Yeah, I, that's a good, good money. Gig. It was good money, too. I think I got 650 for the week, which for six nights. And 650 yeah, in 1988. Yeah, that's yeah. Money, yeah. You, you'd have trouble getting that now. Yeah, oh, well, definitely. And 650 doesn't stretch as far. Yeah. <laughs> But the only downside of that whole thing was I hit a dog on the way one oh, no! one night going over there. And he was a big German Shepherd, and he jumped out of the ditch and jumped in front of me, and I bumped him with a bumper. So I stopped, and I looked around, and he was gone. I didn't I didn't run over him. I just hit him, and he, I knocked him in the ditch, and he took off. So I guess he was okay, but that bugged me for still bugs me. <laughs> to this day, wow. Spilling his guts. Damn I know, right? Here. What a gripping heart. Oh, Who knew? Yeah, the yeah, crying yeah. singing ladies. I know. It was the crying singing ladies, the buckets of cash. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then still, still buckets got some. Buckets of cash. And uh, this is a question that people don't like to answer, but I like to ask. It gives them a window into their very soul. Uh, could you name three, but if you want to do more, I'm not going to like punch you in the face. Three people who you've never collaborated with that you would like to collaborate with. Living or dead. Ooh, living or dead. Yes, M- living or dead. M- M- musically, right? Yes, musically. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Jane Mansfield, <laughs> David Bowie doesn't care. I guess David. Oh, who would I like to collaborate with musically? Um, okay. Ray Charles. Ooh. I would. I, I would have loved to play in Ray Charles' band just to listen to him. He's a national treasure. Uh, so Ray Charles for sure. Oh man. There's who's the guys that from New York, the the uh, some of the they did Operator, they were a acapella group. They Rockapella, pentatonics, a, 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 not pentatonics, that kind of thing though from the seventies. No, no, before that, they were wow. the Bar- Trio. No, a Nightingale sang in Berkeley Square. They did Manhattan Transfer. That's there I go. There Man- go. Hey. Manhattan Transfer. Yeah, they they never had any players, but uh, they were great. I used to love listening to them. And um, I don't know. That's a good question. Because mm. no, like, oh, they want to leave everybody out, but it's still... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I played with Rob Moat and Beaner and Rugged, so, <laughs> so what... And Mark... Beaner's still, yeah. still alive. I wouldn't trade any of them for Beaner. No. <laughs> He's still alive, still counts, yeah. Yeah. And just sort of what does the, the future hold for her? Are you just sticking around here? And just well, we're here now. And, yeah? We're here now. We've renovated this church, and uh, we're not leaving. We it's Yeah, thank you. We made it into what we wanted, and, uh, yeah, we're here. We're lifers. We're, my friends are here. Uh, summers are great. I'm too busy. I like to not be as busy, but we're gonna we're staying here. And I'll just keep doing what we're doing and travel and have fun, have fun and yeah, go out and play the odd gig. Yeah. We're in a Hooter this weekend, nine to one. It used to be ten to two, but they're going to try nine to one, and that works better for all of us. So. Yeah. <laughs> so Friday night, if you so, got so nothing Mark, to do, so Mark, you get to church by Sunday morning. <laughs> because I probably feel bad leaving before the band was done, but I'd be like, "Baby, I'm done. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta leave. I'm done." And the band would still be on, and I'd be like, "Oh, I feel." Awful. They would flash the lights on and be like cockroaches. Everybody just, <laughs> just scatters and leaves. 
So that'll be, yeah, that's the mix. And there's some, you, can we give you a, a preview of some of the new tunes that you have? Or you don't want uh, to give too much away? Actually, come out and, and uh, you'll know when you hear them. If you've been listening to us, these will be the five new ones. Okay, there we go. Yeah. All right, so that's uh, Dave Gunn throwing it down about his life and love and passion for music at home and abroad and Tense. And tense right. <laughs> and sound and or light. All right, Dave, thanks for uh, coming in to hear the Palatial Sewer Box Office <laughs> Podcast Global Headquarters. Hey, it's been fun. Thanks for having and, me, uh, guys. Yeah, telling us stories for Dave Gunn, for Susan Gunn, I'm Raphael Gunsaray saying good night and good podcasting. Uh... Excellent.